Welcome to the Eat Right with Laura podcast. My name is Laura Rakos, and I am the owner of Eagle Rock Nutrition, an integrative healthcare practice providing dietary and lifestyle guidance for disease prevention and health maintenance. If you'd like to learn more about me or Eagle Rock Nutrition, feel free to peruse my website, www.eaglerock.com. That's E-G-G-L-R-O-C-K.com. Today's episode of the Eat Right with Laura podcast continues a topic that I've started uh, several times in the past, and that centers on drug addiction, or really any addiction for that matter. Um, This is an issue that has been plaguing the tri-state area of the United States where I am located, and I just feel that I would like to share some of the efforts that I've been thinking about and I've been implementing with my own patient population. Um, I do want to say that, granted, the, the causes of the problem are changing on a daily basis, not the, the least of which is the fact that we are now flooded with access to these controlled substances at greater rates than we've ever seen before, and that's certainly part of the problem but we've been ignoring the problem, and that is what separates people who have addictions from people who don't? Why are they biologically different? I feel that addiction comes in all shapes and sizes. Uh, It can be due to controlled substances like opioids, but it's also food, it's also alcohol, and other things that we simply cannot separate ourselves from. Uh, And I think that the solutions that we've been implementing are really, really good, certainly cognitive behavioral therapy, uh, other kinds of strategies in which we get these individuals to change their daily habits, providing them with lifestyle tools, greater access to things that make living easier. Those are all really useful tools, but we are ignoring a very important part of this addiction problem, and that is what makes the addicted person biologically different from people who are not addicted. And how did I really come to this conclusion? Well, now that I run a healthcare practice and I work with lots of people, lots of people who suffer from a whole variety of issues, I actually have come across people who have confided in me that they are experiencing symptoms of withdrawal. And in my case, it is to pain medications, um, a number of my patients. Um, and one of my patients brought a hypothetical uh, cause to my attention, and that has to do with the gut, uh, the health of their gut. Now, people that frequently follow me will know that I'm quite passionate about gut health, and lately I've been giving lectures on how the health of your gut, and when I use that word gut, I'm referring to your colon, or which is a part of your large intestine, and the brain, the relationship between the gut and the brain. So let me just uh, introduce this topic by saying that your gut has the same series of neurons and neurotransmitters 
as your brain. And that is why that area of your gut is called your enteric nervous system. All right. Your gut produces the same kinds of neurotransmitters that regulate your appetite and how you feel. And these compounds communicate to your brain, which is referred to as your central nervous system. So if your gut is not um, functioning properly, all right, your, your brain is not going to function properly either. So how does the enteric nervous system communicate with the central nervous system? You have something called a vagus nerve that runs between the gut and the brain. And these neurotransmitters that regulate your appetite and how you feel uh, communicate from your gut to your brain and also vice versa. All right, so what controls the regulation of your enteric nervous system? That has to do with the bacteria that live in your large intestine. So you have what's called a microbiome, a microbiome, which represents all of the microbes that live in you and on you. But most of these microbes are bacteria that live in your large intestine, the part of the large intestine called your colon. And these bacteria play a very important role in human health. They regulate your immune system. They turn your immune system on and off. They certainly help you to digest uh, fiber from the fruits and vegetables and whole grains that you're eating. They help to extract the nutrients from the food that you're eating, which is why they're so critical in digestion. They even make their own vitamins and minerals. All right, and what's really unrecognized is the fact that they produce these help to produce these hormones and neurotransmitters such as serotonin which is your feel-good hormone all right so there are studies that have shown that um, when you don't really have enough bacteria in your colon or the right kinds of bacteria in your colon you are going to be susceptible to things like anxiety and depression simply because you're not producing these uh, feel-good hormones. Also things like acetylcholine, which regulate your memory, things like that. So people that don't have enough bacteria or the right kinds of bacteria or what's called a healthy microbiome are prone to what's called gut dysbiosis. And I contend that people that present with addictive behavior have a problem with the health of their gut. And I have been using gut restoration as a means to reverse addictive behaviors. So the problem is that uh, in my patient population, that uh, a lot of my patients who are just generally unhealthy have a lot of pain and inflammation and they tend to abuse or overuse addictive substances that quench that pain and they find that if they try to stop taking those medications they present with all kinds of withdrawal behaviors such as nausea, vomiting, um, insomnia, shaking, migraines, systemic pain, all those kinds of things that typical drug addicts have when they don't have access to their, their drugs. Uh, one of my patients 
brought it to my attention that she felt that if she could improve the health of her gut, that this might solve the problem. Well, together, we, we kind of had this brainstorm. So uh, that was the first time that I implemented a gut restoration program to reverse drug addiction. And when I tried it subsequently on additional patients, I found that it was also quite helpful. So what is my gut restoration? What am I actually doing to improve the health of the gut so that my patients can produce the normal repertoire of hormones and neurotransmitters that make them feel better, that allow them to use uh, these medications for their intended purposes that improve their appetite, that improve their overall well-being. Well, it's a five-step step gut restoration program that starts with changing the diet. We know that uh, drug addicts and other kinds of addicts tend to like uh, tend to eat more sweet foods, processed foods, foods that are easy to digest. The reason why they have these unhealthy diets is because if you don't really have the right repertoire of bacteria in your gut, eating fruits and vegetables and whole grains and foods that are good for you are going to be difficult to digest. You're not going to have a pleasant experience when you eat these foods. And this is also true of my kiddos, of the kids that have um, cognitive disorders. They too tend to eat foods that are, you know, candy, sugary processed foods, cereals, uh, comfort foods like macaroni and cheese, things that are just easy to digest because they don't really have the tools that enable them to digest these foods. So the first thing we do is look at the, the diet and see if we can remove some of these uh, nutrient depleted foods. The second thing I do is see like, well, what is the health of the digestive tract in general? So what is the digestive tract? The tract runs from your mouth, down your esophagus, into your stomach, through your small intestine, into the large intestine, and out the body. All right, and often I see that many of these patients suffer from uh, acid reflux, Right, so uh, digestion is not a pleasant experience. Lots of foods uh, that might be greasy or spicy uh, lead to indigestion. And so that's a sign that they have a breach of their digestive tract. Somewhere in that digestive tract, the cells are not intact. And I'm pretty certain that this is a problem that plagues many adult addicts. The digestive tract is not intact, and so when they do take these substances, these drugs, alcohol, whatever, um, either uh, like if it's food that's not being properly digest digested, uh, but certainly these drugs are penetrating the blood-brain barrier in a way that's different from someone whose digestive tract is fully intact. This is a sign of leaky gut. So my patients who have present with leaky gut uh, will certainly be at increased risk for uh, relying too heavily on pain meds and things like that. Another sign of a leaky gut are my patients who have seasonal allergies all year long. They are just plagued by everything in their environment. And so um, if they take 
say a you know a non-digest a non-drowsy formula of an antihistamine it will put them right to sleep so they take an antihistamine that's not supposed to put them to sleep during the day they take it in the morning and by the time they get to school or to work they're already napping because the meds are penetrating the blood-brain barrier when they're not supposed to and they're making them fall asleep. So that's a sign, that's an example of leaky gut. And I strongly feel that this particular population that is addicted, you know, presents with addiction, uh, suffers from leaky gut as well. I'd also like to say that because they're eating uh, processed food, sugary foods, they're not feeding the bacteria in their gut, right? They're not feeding the good guys. So what's happening is that they're fostering the growth of bad bacteria, not good bacteria. They're also fostering the growth of yeast. So think about it. So when you make alcohol, uh, the yeast ferment the sugar in the grapes and that's how you get alcohol. Well, it's the same kind of thing. When you're eating sugary foods and processed carbs, you're fostering the growth of yeast. And unlike bacteria, which tend to be round-ish, yeast are long and stringy, and they can actually tease apart or tear apart the digestive tract. And that's another contribution to leaky gut. All right, so how do we heal the leaky gut? So I said, first thing, we have to change the diet. The second thing, we need to heal the gut. How do we heal the gut? All right, you need to take, so first uh, nutrient is vitamin D3. Vitamin D3 not only is critical for bone health, it functions like a hormone, so less like a vitamin that you think of, uh, like you know, uh, water-soluble vitamins. Vitamin D is a fat-soluble vitamin that functions more like a hormone. Not only is it critical for bone health, it's a hormone that teaches your body to absorb calcium from the food that you're eating, but it's also critical in, in uh, the integrity of your digestive tract. And we know that patients who have um, low vitamin D3 levels are at increased risk of uh, inflammatory bowel diseases. So vitamin D3, uh, to repair the integrity of the digestive tract, I prescribe something called glutagenics, which is a mixture of glutamine and amino acid-like compound that promotes the proliferation of epithelial cells that line your digestive tract. Uh, aloe, which as you know, is very healing, so it's a powder that's made with glutamine, and aloe, so just like your, your digestive tract is wounded, when you have a wound on the surface of your skin, you might apply some aloe lotion. This is the same kind of philosophy. Uh, drinking aloe juice will help heal the digestive tract. And finally, the glutagenics also has um, licorice root, which also fosters the growth of the epithelial cells that line your digestive tract. I also prescribe something, uh, a zinc, like a, uh, a zinc carnitine. Zinc is a mineral that fosters the growth of the uh, mucus cells that line your digest- digestive tract. So the mucus is very important in um, creating part of that barrier in your digestive tract. It's only one cell thick and is easily breached when you're not following a healthy diet. 
And so to restore that mucus lining, I prescribe zinc carnitine. All right, the next thing that I like to do to, to uh, heal the gut is to make sure that you're eating foods that the good bacteria in your gut like. So what are the foods they like? They like something called prebiotic fibers. These are non-digestible carbohydrates. So carbohydrates that are not digested by you, but they are digested by the good bacteria in your gut. Uh, so this is fiber. Uh, so prebiotic fibers come from things like artichokes, garlic and onions, asparagus, oats. I can't say enough good things about oats and oatmeal. Um, and also other prebiotic fibers that are finding their ways into health foods like inulin and fructooligosaccharides. I'm also very uh, intrigued with resistant starch. Resistant starch is also um, a prebiotic food that feed the good bacteria in the digestive tract. These starches come from unripened bananas, they come from potatoes, and maybe some non-genetically modified corn. But I'm very intrigued with this uh, prebiotic uh, resistant starch from a company called Nubana, uh, which is made from unripened bananas. All right, so that. So the third thing that I promote to restore the integrity of the digestive tract is obviously probiotics. If you follow me on social media, LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter, you'll see that I share many articles uh, that review clinical trial data that talk about specific genera of bacteria that have specific roles, bacteria that regulate appetite, bacteria that regulate blood sugar regulation, and of course bacteria that ensure the integrity of the digestive tract. So if you come to Eagle Rock Nutrition, you can book an appointment from the website at www.eaglerock.com, E-G-G-L-R-O-C-K. Uh, we will do a very thorough health history to see uh, what kind of bacteria are you most likely to be mi missing. What are the bacteria that you need for your digestive tract? If you suffer from irritable bowel uh, with chronic constipation and bloating, I'll prescribe one set of strains. If you have inflammatory bowel like Crohn's disease, ulcerative colitis, I'll prescribe another uh, kind of strain. If you suffer from anxiety and depression, I might um, recommend another kind of strain. But in this drug addiction space, uh, my addicted patient population present with all kinds of symptoms, so even those guys will have to um, uh, submit to a probing health history so I could figure out what other probiotics that you're missing the most. Uh, now that said, since I'm on that topic, um, we have not identified all of the strains of bacteria that live in you and on you. And the reason is because we do not have the conditions, we do not know the growth conditions to get these bacteria to grow in a laboratory setting so that we can identify them. But what we have done is just like we have sequenced the human genome, 
we have sequenced in I think 2010 published in Nature magazine we have sequenced the human microbiome and from that genetic sequence uh, we have figured out that there are more bacteria and microbes living in you and on you than all of your human cells combined. Not only are we just walking vessels for these hordes of microbes, but they have more genetic material than we do. The human microbiome carries 150 times more DNA than your DNA. And that really says that they play a vital role in human health. All right, so what am I getting at here? Um, from this DNA, we have learned that there are approximately 150 different strains of bacteria in you and on you, 150. We've probably only identified maybe a third of that, all right? So um, when I say I will prescribe uh, particular strains of bacteria so that you can deal with this addiction problem, you can restore the, the, the growth of the good bacteria that should be living in your gut, I will do my level best to get you there. But as time goes on, I hope that we learn more and more about these various strains of bacteria that regulate our enteric nervous system and subsequently our central nervous system. Right? So that's the third thing. So first thing was changing your diet. The second thing was restoring the integrity of your digestive tract. The third thing was adding some good bacteria so that you can get some good guys growing in there, restore the functionality of your enteric nervous system. The fourth thing is to continue the growth of these good bacteria, making sure that we're modifying your diet so that the good bacteria continue to grow. So you want to continue con the consumption of prebiotic fibers. Um, if you don't, you know, if you really have a terrible gut microbiome, you, we're going to have to work very carefully to get the good bacteria to grow. And in the meantime, you probably will be craving your comfort foods, the foods that are easy to eat. So while we're slowly changing the diet, we will do things like recommend consumption of cooked fruits and vegetables, which are easier to digest. We'll be focusing on whole grains, uh, maybe every now and then we'll throw in some white rice and white bread that are easy to digest. Yes, they do have a high glycemic index, but every now and then you have to come in with something that's easy to digest. Otherwise, you'll suffer from more gas and bloating. And I know that this is a symptom that the addict, that uh, the addict did patient population suffers from. So it's going to be a very, very slow journey. And then that fifth step has to do with behavior, um, exercise, stress reduction. And there are actually studies that have shown that exercise alters the growth of bacteria in the gut. So while uh, most of the um, 
organizations that are committed to helping the addicted patient population focus on behavior change, I am all in. But I definitely like to see more emphasis on daily behavior, diet and lifestyle. So uh, stress reduction, meditation, um, maybe even a little hypnotherapy. I have several friends who are hypnotherapists and I think that they're doing an exceptional job in the space of addiction. All right, so those are my five steps, my five steps for gut restoration. And I feel that these five steps for gut restoration are extremely helpful in restoring addiction. I would really like to share this uh, strategy with the greater, uh, the greater space in addiction therapy. I would like more people to think about the differences, the biological differences between people who are addicted and people who are not addicted. And so I hope that my podcast today was informative and helpful. If you'd like to circle back with me, feel free to connect with me on my website at www.eaglerock.com. That's E-G-G-L-R-O-C-K.com. You're also welcome welcome to like my Facebook page. That's Eagle Rock Nutrition. Um, follow me on Twitter at Eagle Rock, E-G-G-L-R-O-C-K. And follow the Instagram page. That's Eagle Rock underscore underscore nutrition. So thank you all for listening to today's Eat Right with Laura podcast. Uh, I hope you'll share the recording.